Hello and welcome once again to Oscar Mike Radio. Oscar Mike Radio is part of the Hoobazoo Network. You can find out more on hoobazoo.com. Also go to oscarmikeradio.com for all the intel about this podcast. Thank you very much. And this is podcast number 129. That's 129. Second podcast of the year on the first 128 dropped, and that was about Muggsy Brady in Australia. He is a hip-hop artist and rapper, non-military, but very cool nonetheless, and I hope you enjoyed that podcast. This podcast number 129 is going to be about one of my favorite subjects. I'll get to it in a second, but first, we'll start with the question of the week, and I got a lot of, what did you do for New Year's? Well, I... uh, On actual New Year's Eve, I was crocheting uh, a blanket for someone I know who has cancer. I was playing uh, taxi, standby for dad's taxi. Never know when you're going to be needed for dad's taxi. Have to be ready, have to be prepared, and got to be ready to go. And as a parent, I would much rather have my child call me and use me to get from point A to point B than to have anything bad happen. My kids don't drink, and they're not drinking or drinking age, but I'd rather be ferrying them to and from parties and social events than having them drive on New Year's Eve, just the way I am. And speaking of Muggsy, Brady finished up that podcast, put it out, and was really happy with the uh, way it turned out. Looking forward to having Muggsy from Australia back on and talk about what's going on in his world. Awesome stuff. And then I got my Kindle out, read for a little while, went to bed. About uh, 12.30. Yay. Mr. Excitement this year, I was not. But that's okay. Nice and boring and quiet was was all right for this year for a lot of reasons. So that's what I did. That's how I did it. And it worked out pretty well for me. Moving on to the word section of this podcast. And like in the military, the word flows from top to bottom and all around. Orally is the main driver for effective communication in the military, and it's good to keep that going. And people thought that I had kind of moved away from the Jody series. No, I did not. I'm going to be talking about Jody a whole lot here in the next couple of months as we wind down this series and and what it means. And I just wanted to go back and try to find out about divorce statistics in the military with the latest available information. Went to military.com because they had an article. I'll have a link in the blog post on oscarmicradio.com. Hit that uh, like button on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere else, and stay in the know with the word, and you won't be uh, clueless. But looking at the article, they had uh, data released in May from the Pentagon and we're going to talk about divorce stats in the military with some very interesting thoughts and observations. Okay, Whether you're in the military or not, divorce is never a good thing. There are no winners. There are no losers in the sense of you have two sides, one wins and one loses. Everyone loses. Spouses lose. The community loses. Your family on both sides lose. And most important of all, and I've said this before, the children lose. Anybody who tells you that 
kids are resilient and they'll get through it and they do fine are full of it. And the load of manure that they are stacking up while they're telling you this um, absolute pile of manure is what it is. It's manure. It's completely wrong, completely false. Okay? It, it's, it's, not, um, it's not the case. Kids pay a price as well. They lose out as well. And it's never a good thing for them. Sometimes it can't be avoided. It's collateral damage. But still, it, it is not a good thing. And I want to make that very, very clear which is one of the drivers for me doing this after uh, talking to guys who've gone through this in the military, in civilian life, and almost all of them cannot believe how their children change. And if you think I'm wrong, if you think I'm out of bounds, if you think I am just postulating with uh, no kind of uh, proof, anecdotal or uh, research proof, by all means, drop me an email, travisoscarmichradio.com. would love to hear from you, and uh, we can talk this out, maybe even have you on the podcast. So, again, going back to the article, what the, the first thing it says is uh, divorce rate was pretty steady in 2017. The Pentagon compiled numbers in 2018 for the 2017 calendar year, and the divorce rate was between 3 and 3.1%. So we consider that you have... About um, a million troops in the United States. That's everything. Coast Guard, Reserves, National Guard, everything. That's low. Out of those troops, you have, um, according to the article, you have about 700,000 married troops and 22,000 of them got divorced in 2017. And that is considered low. But I, I kind of wonder about the numbers and I, and I could not get the full uh, defense report because... It doesn't really, you know, weigh in, you know, the number of single troops. I, I couldn't, you know, flesh out how many single troops, how many guys had been, you know, married and divorced before, how many people were living together, you know, off off base in apartments, things like that. So I'm going strictly with the numbers in front of me. So out of, out of 700,000 married troops, you know, only 22,000 got divorced, which in of itself is not not a, not a bad thing. Uh, divorce can have impacts in the military on unit readiness. Uh, it was even though I did not serve in combat and I served in peacetime, and we were not deployed uh, in combat zones. The equipment that you work on has its own set of dangers and challenges in dealing with it. And if you weren't on your A game, people could get hurt or killed. So you wanted your, your, your squad mates to be up and nothing like a divorce, especially a divorce caused by a spouse's infidelity and then playing games with uh, child custody to absolutely torpedo a Marine's readiness to, to fight. That only 22,000 troops went through this in 2017 is not good. I don't, I don't like divorce, but then again, it, it's not like a 50% failure rate either. So military divorce is calculated by comparing the number of troops listed as married in the Pentagon's personnel system at the beginning of the fiscal year with the number who report divorces over the year. You know, the, the report I'm going to try to get for a future epi- uh, podcast is um, the information that is managed by uh, the Defense Manpower Data Center. So this, this is how military.com 
you know, got their information and explains the calculation right here. Interesting stuff. I think civilian divorces are compiled differently. I'll have to look that up. But, you know, the minute you go to your first sergeant and declare that you're having divorce, a whole chain of events goes into play because for military guys, their, their pay, uh, housing allowance, and retirement are in play when it comes to divorce. Not the least of which is, again, the access to and custody of their children, which if they're not careful, they will come back from deployment. They will come home one day and find their apartment, their house completely empty, and the kids are back in Idaho, Missouri, Wyoming, New York, wherever, with very little means to see them on a regular basis. Uh, and then the article goes into um, a different spin. And this article was written by uh, Amy Bouchatz. She is a military spouse. She is um, a member of Military.com since 2010 and is an executive editor. So she um, has been around the block, so to speak. And for whatever reason, she really focused on uh, divorce among female troops. Kind of interesting to me because you don't hear a whole lot about that. She goes on to say that divorce rates among female troops continue to be much higher overall than their male counterparts. I guess in the Army, it's a lot more by a factor of 275% more for the Army. Women in the Air Force have a steady decline divorce and women in the Navy uh, fluctuate overall. Uh, however, she goes on to say that in the Marine Corps, that actually increased for female Marines. In 2010, the divorce rate was about 10% of all female Marines. 2017 was about 7%. And she opines that it could be that um, the Marine Corps is not friendly toward family, especially toward married women. I don't know if that's the case. So, and this is purely anecdotal, what I'm about to say. This is strictly based on what I observed in the Marine Corps as a Lance Corporal around, you know, some married female Marines, both in my unit and out of my unit. And it, it's, it's just my memory, but it is what it is. And there's no easy way to say this. You had a couple types of married women in the Marine Corps. You had female Marines who were married who were loyal to their husbands civilian or other Marines. And what I mean to say by that is when we were on deployment or punched out somewhere and the call for liberty came out, that married woman would probably be in the rear with the gear or going out shopping, maybe getting her nails done and not going to clubs, not going to bars, not going to places where, you know, her vows could be questioned or putting herself in positions where she was alone with other men that um, she could stray with. Straight up and down, straight shooters, uh, no tolerance for that kind of behavior from other females or males, male Marines trying to, you know, notch the belt, if you will. And much respect for them. You had the married Marines uh, on the other side of the coin that kind of like their male counterparts, that whole marriage vows took a hiatus and if there's an opportunity for a little bit of strange well, they took it and this is nothing against female marines 
because I'm going to say the same thing. Male Marines are just as bad. Law married Marines uh, stray on deployment and, you know, with other female Marines, other female sailors, no qualms about it. They're just going to do it because they can. But the thing is, it's, it's a small, it's a small body of people. Word gets around and word and a lot of times gets back to the husband, whether they're a Marine or a civilian guy. For um, the civilian guys who are picking up the phone, they're, they're not stupid. The minute the, the wife quits calling them or, you know, quits showing interest in what's going on in their lives or she's been on deployment for six months. In our case, it was, we did, we did three to, you know, eight week hops out in, you know, the desert. You know, she'd come back from the desert and had no interest in, you know, that kind of thing with her husband. All kinds of warning bells went off. It was not a very um, pleasant time. And it, it, it's a problem. It was a problem. And so for all our faults, the, these guys didn't put up with that. And a lot of times would just say, you know what, I'm out of here. Especially a civilian guy who's married to a female Marine. And he's, you know, put his career on hold just like the women do. So don't, don't, don't throw the shade at me. Um, ladies do it too. But he's in a place where he's having to, and he understands this, he's having to work in a job where he understands in two to three years he's going to have to move somewhere else, which impacts his career and his ability to provide for his family and time away from family and friends to um, you know, put up with that. They just don't. And again, I had one of my episodes very recently where I talked about the female Marine in the infantry um, who was married, was clearly married. Okay. I'll have a link to that podcast in this blog post, ladies and gentlemen. If you think I'm just talking out of turn here, she got in the infantry, got around, another another male Marine started doing him, and her husband found out and divorced her. Okay, I mean, it happens is what I'm trying to say, and it's not being made up by me or anybody else. It, it's just, it happens, and it sucks when it happens. It's terrible. So... I'm not sure if you can point directly to the the family system that the Marine Corps implements. I can tell you that my leadership, staff and CO, and the officers took a pretty dim view of infidelity by their Marines. It caused problems they didn't want to deal with and also translated into uh, morale problems. You have a sergeant all of a sudden come to crash in the barracks on a Thursday night with the bag and, you know, he's drunk because of problems at home. It causes problems they don't want to deal with. Which leads me to my final point. You know, when I went in in 95 in boot camp and other places, there were still some of the old salts around. When I say old salts, I'm talking about the gunnies at my time. Gunnies, master sergeants, first sergeants, uh, sergeant majors who truly believe that you know the old marine corps had a saying that a wife is not part of your sea bag issue okay they really believe that and as far as they were concerned you shouldn't get married or if you do get married you got to be an e5 or above 
and I can say from personal experience that I got married as an E3, I, I should not have gotten married. If I had waited till I was an E5 or out, I'd probably have a different result. Probably, I'm not sure. But I, I cannot sit there and tell you that getting married as an E1 to E4 is a good idea. And the article concludes by saying that the data is clearly showing that um, marriage rates amongst military members are going down. Because for civilians out there, you got to understand that a lot of, a lot of men get married for um, one main reason and one reason only. There's two, but the main reason is to get out of the barracks. Because for a lot of reasons, barracks life is hard, it sucks. There's some definite um, disadvantages to being married, not married, being single, excuse me, while being in the military and living in the barracks. All kinds of games and hoops you got to jump through to maintain your rack space. Surprise working parties, surprise duty calls, surprise police calls, surprise inspections, having other people go through your personal belongings, sometimes multiple times throughout the week, field daying, uh, cleaning your room, and I love a clean room, make no mistake, but people don't understand what a Marine Corps field day is all about, especially when field days uses punishment for uh, a lot of times someone else's screw-ups. You know, Johnson didn't clean his uh, part of the room. He left it all nasty. You guys didn't uh, provide him the kind of oversight needed. So everybody gets a field day again on Friday and Saturday. Have a, have a nice day. So that's why a lot, of, a lot of guys get married. The second reason is pay. You do get an increase in pay when you get married. You get a housing allowance, uh, which is nice. But the, the, the thing is, a lot of us learn the hard way, not so much me because I wasn't married that long before I got out is the money you get from being married doesn't really go that far. When you're uh, a PFC moving into an apartment, furnishing an apartment, and putting food on the table for yourself, your wife, and possibly a newborn child, life gets really interesting and not in a good way. So um, I'm glad that the marriage rate is declining. It would seem that some of the younger generation, either from thoughts and attitudes before they enter service, are changing things, or maybe they're seeing some of these problems like other guys are seeing problems in the civilian world and just walking away from it altogether, saying, you know what, I don't, I don't need to get married. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, especially if you're in the military, to stay away from marriage. If you want to get married, great. Uh, I'm going to leave my opinion about marriage uh, out of this conversation for this time. But if you want to get married, great. I, I just would ask you, male or female, to to get through the E1 to E3 years of your military career, maybe even your E4 years. Get yourself set. Understand what you want to do and then get married. Okay? There's no rush. There's there's no reason to make a stupid decision. And certainly, it, it's it's not a good thing to take a young person, 
male or female, from their home and all they've ever known and drop them in a situation where they have lots of temptation around them all the time. And I'm going to say this for the guys, uh, military guys who are listening to this episode. Some of you, you know, older salts know this. Some of you younger guys may not believe this, but you're on a base with your wife. Make no mistake, every guy, especially all the single guys, are figuring out if there's a way they can get with your wife. That is a target of opportunity, and there are guys out there that if they can take that target and make it theirs, they're going to. Hard to hear, hard to understand, I know, but that is the brutal truth. And I'm not saying that your wife is a bad person. I'm not saying that your um, wife is going to make bad decisions. But again, the anecdotal and other evidence suggests that more wives than not taste that forbidden fruit and enjoy it. Your sergeants, your corporals, your staff and COs, staff sergeants will, will tell you all the same stuff. And like a lot of guys, you'll probably blow them off. But I'm trying to, with this series, let you know that divorce is a really messed up thing to go through at any point in your life. And it has a, a negative impact for a long time. And I don't want to see you go through that. And I really do not want to see your children go through that. So this Jody series is about dropping some truth that is you know, real. All the podcasts I've done on this, this is number seven, are based on facts or verifiable facts uh, that prove the anecdotal stories that you hear in the fleet from the veterans, from that dude sitting in the VFW post drinking his beer. So it's, it's real, and if you're trying to make the military a, a lifelong uh, career choice and a, a lifelong passion, this kind of thing can derail it, and you need to understand the, the, the lasting impact of that. So this is part seven. Uh, I've got you know a couple more to go. I was going to do 14, but I, I've got down to about 12. And if I don't do 12, I'm definitely going to accumulate around Valentine's Day in February of this year because that's always a fun time of year for single guys and divorced guys and guys in general because Valentine's Day is not about us gentlemen. It is about the ladies. Like I said last year, pucker up, loves the battlefield. That's my take on you know, military divorce for this podcast. Again, you can find out more on OscarMikeRadio.com. Oscar Mike Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we're on the move to Muggsy Brady's track, My Journey. Like I said, I had him on uh, the podcast for January 1st, 2019. And for the next four to eight weeks, probably the next 10 weeks, I'm going to have one of his tracks on at the end of each podcast that you can listen to and check out. You can go to Facebook and find his page, Muggsy Brady, and you know interact with him there. But here's his track, My Journey on Oscar Mike Radio to end this podcast. Enjoy. I was on this journey Every day I feel like I was learning You made me feel like my future was burning But I'm here right now, yeah, I'm worthy When I started to rap and I was on this journey Every day I feel like I was learning You made me feel like my future was burning But I'm here right now, yeah, I'm worthy Misery is how it started No 
hatred, a tear, or heartless Pain became a darkness, hit me when I was 15 Had no future, had no dream Until everyone pushed me in between Then hip-hop, yeah, was my scene I found something to find myself To get me out of this living hell I got back up, come on, when I fell And said the truth on what I had to tell A new man with discipline When the culture had witnessed my sin I felt that I had to shine with it Show the world that I was ready to begin Almost about to be given in Until hip-hop gave me a new beginning When I started to rap and I was on this journey Every day I feel like I was learning You made me feel like my future was burning But I'm here right now, yeah, I'm worthy When I started to rap and I was on this journey Every day I feel like I was learning You made me feel like my future was burning But I'm here right now, yeah, I'm worthy Drop down rhymes but needed materials Started writing songs and hit the studio Shalom City was so surreal Felt like a proposition on what they built Over a two year period I made ride or die When it came out I felt the gangster style was my life Now looking back I'm ashamed, should've thought twice Just want to live like the eyes in my mind Respect a lie, kill my hopes Time to go back to the rest and suicide notes I was alone again and I couldn't cope In an atmosphere full of pain While I tried to make a difference in my place Seemed like a disgrace, people trying to kill my fate All because I don't appeal to your taste When I started to rap and I was on this journey Every day I feel like I was learning You made me feel like my future was burning I feel like I'm